on this episode, on this episode of Japan, Japan 2.0. The, the whole izakaya experience is just really... Izakaya is awesome, right? It's my favorite thing to do. That's one of the things like impossible to replicate back home. Like, yeah. you can get ramen back home, right? You can get karage, but yeah. the full izakaya, like the vibe, the scene there, the fresh food, the local seasonal right. food, and I still, to this day, five years in, like, I get really excited to go to izakaya. Hello and welcome to Japan 2.0. Uh, we're here in uh, wonderful Osaka at a place called the Laka. So if you hear some background noise or some strange things some happen, really, really awesome while we're Japanese here. music that you're gonna love and you're gonna be sound hounding. <laughs> it's some horrible techno, but now hopefully, hopefully you can hear us well enough. Um, we're gonna try to speak loudly and uh, make sure we're on the uh, on the mic. Uh, but I'm Matt. It's David. Today is a very special episode where we have a special guest. That it is, David. Yep. And why don't you introduce yourself, special guest? Hi. Um, my name is Chad Hinman. Um, I don't know what else you want me to say yeah, about myself. If you want to introduce uh, the topic, why I'm here, I don't know. Yeah. Should I do that? Yeah, yeah. We could okay. talk about that. Um, you know, Chad contacted us recently and he wanted to um, uh, get in touch with us. He's taking a trip to Japan. Actually, he was looking to um, expand a business into Japan, and we thought this would be a good opportunity to see if uh, he'd like to come on the podcast and talk a, a little bit about that. Uh, what kind of business are you in, Chad? Um, I'm part of a restaurant group out of Portland. It's very um, kind of a niche little concept, but um, I don't know how much I don't know if I'll be able to for any Portland listener listeners be able to uh, keep it under wraps, but. Um, yeah, very niche style brunch restaurant, and we're just um, we were approached by a group from Japan that was interested in opening up a shop up a little outside of Tokyo, and yeah, I got in touch with you guys because just want to know what you think about the um, just the brunch culture specifically. And yeah, that was uh, that was why I got in touch. And yeah, we're hoping we can kind of just give you like the user experience, you know, from people who have lived abroad for many years and create Western food, you know, or um, food that's not easy to get out here. Um, I'll tell you what, what that's like for us, you know, especially yeah. giving you a Kansai, you know, Osaka Kobe perspective on that. Well, I mean, my favorite meal is probably brunch, you know, brunch foods and stuff. And um, my wife and I, we always are talking about this place in, uh, that just recently closed down in uh, Tokyo. Oh, thank you. Hi. So we're kind of in a interesting restaurant, interesting right. restaurant right now. Uh, we're in a place called the Lockup. Uh, David and I have talked about this before, but um, it's a horror slash police prison prison themed restaurant, and it's in every major city. Yeah. We want to show Chad the culinary range of uh, <laughs> what he might be getting himself into. Yeah, so, so, he, so yeah. he knows the depths of Japan. Well, it's good to see there is, it seems like a, a themed restaurant for every theme. 
And yeah, it's just another one. That's great. Right. I know you've always wanted to sit in a we're in a prison cell right now <laughs> with um yes. Yeah, well, Russian roulette takoyaki. Uh, yeah. There's five of them. There's five of them, and two of them have like hot sauce in them. So we're gonna find out who gets the spicy takoyaki. That's right. <laughs> Right now, the fish flakes are squirming. Dan- dancing around. Right. <laughs> Kashiboshi. All right, who's going to have the best Are you going to get into this, Chad? Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. go for yeah. it. For the podcast? Yeah, for the podcast. All right, David's for going first. Not bad. Not bad? Mm. Spicy? No. Okay. Shoot. I'll go, I'll go yeah, second. Yeah, you, okay. All right. The best chances. All right, let's go. So Chad's already said he doesn't really like takoyaki. I didn't, yeah, I, I like oh. it enough. Oh shit, you got it. I got a spicy <laughs> one. <laughs> no. Okay, I got I got one out of three chance to get a spicy one. Yeah, that's hot. Uh, I like it. It was just, it's a lot. It's quite, it's, they're heavy, they're heavy duty little balls. Oh, they are. For those of you that don't know, it's basically like um, batter with, uh, batter fried into a ball covered in uh, like a Worcester kind of shit sauce with um, bonita flakes on top, yeah, fish, fish yeah. flakes. It always serves holding hot. Mm-hmm. It's an Osaka it's classic. Only one way to do it. Not spicy. Right. I waited until the coming to Osaka. I did not get a spicy one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna be that guy, but technically they're from uh, a district of Kobe, not, not Osaka. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, from Ak- okay. Akashi. Them's like them's fighting words. <laughs> that is it's true. But um, but yeah, Osaka is like popularized. It. It's yeah. a little bit different in. Kobe, like the variety. I think it's like a wetter sauce or something like that. Mm-hmm. I prefer the Osaka one, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Osaka takoyaki, it's classic. But anyways, uh, before we are, were interrupted by the takoyaki. There'll, there'll uh, be more of that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that uh, my wife and I are always talking about uh, good on a scrub, which used to be a uh, uh, really nice afternoon uh, brunch place, and they did eggs benedict and they did a lot of different kinds and where was it located uh it was in ebis we mm, used to go there right, yeah. right in tokyo yeah. we've been there a few times and um that was in tokyo and it was one of our favorite places and you know places like that are really rare like you it's really hard to find a place that's not a chain that's doing um you know unique brunch foods and stuff like that right. and uh and it, if it's a chain, I, I don't really care as long as the food is good, right? At the end of the day, that's, I guess, what's most important. But the fact is that a lot of the chains out here have eggs benedict and things like that just aren't that great. Yeah, right. And good on scrub was really expensive, right? Oh, it was pretty pricey, yeah. yeah. It, everything was about 1,500, 1500 yen. If you, if you got uh, something yeah, to drink yeah. with it. Uh, you... I went there as like 25 bucks. I got like the salmon, wow. eggs benedict, and wow. I think a smoothie or something like that was like 25 or 30 bucks for, yeah. for breakfast. I always just got like a eggs benedict and coffee, and that's, I think it came to around probably 20 bucks per person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that, about the price point of where we're at. And, yeah, yeah. Plus the harm. Yeah. Yeah. That place um, went under, I don't know how long they're in existence, but we knew about them for a year or two, and they were, they were gone. That being said, they were off the beaten path. They weren't on like a main street or anything. Right, right. They were kind of like <laughs> hidden away. It was like a house converted into a restaurant. Mm, so right. it was a little more unique that way. But that's cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're not trying to <laughs> discourage you. No, no, you know, we're just telling you what, that's, you know, what we've seen, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like for us as, you know, expats living out here, it's something we definitely want and doesn't really exist. Places that come to mind too are, uh, what's the 
Hawaiian pancake place. Oh yeah, Eggs and Things. Eggs and Things is the biggest franchise you okay. should know about. Yeah, it's okay. the most successful out here. It's from Hawaii. It's a big franchise. It's like lines out the door, you know, nice. on the weekend. But well, those lines awesome. have kind of died down in the last year. Do you don't think? Yeah. Do you have one in Osaka? Uh, yeah, we have one in uh, yeah Shinsaibashi or Amerikamura kind of area. It was and, um, like five years ago, you know, two, three hour line all the time. And it's I, still on the weekends, it's busy. Like yeah. it, to get a seat, you, you probably have to wait, you know, yeah. at least 20 minutes or something. Mm. Yeah. The specialty out here, at least, is like pancakes. They have a big menu, there's a lot on the menu. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, pancakes are this cliche of Hawaii. And I was just in Hawaii over yeah. winter break and I never <clears> ate a pancake while I was there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, never, I've never had a Hawaiian pancake. I don't know what it's all about, but that's like the gimmick. And now you'll see a lot of like copycats, you know, just doing pancakes out here. Yeah. I think it kind of started from eggs and things. I see. It's funny because the name is Eggs and Things, right? But um, well, pancakes are very different here in Japan too. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like more cakey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did go to uh, Happy Pancake. Uh, <laughs> so you got was, to try some. I did. I did the full waiting experience, which you know, I'm having to work at a place that has that. I sworn off that whole thing, so I, I totally, um, totally did it. Like fully committed and waited two hours. I was able to catch an arcade while I waited though. So nice. They had a nice system where you know. Come back in an hour; it'll probably be ready. Um, oh yeah, that's good. So uh, yeah, it was, but it was really great. Um, that was yeah my only experience with like a breakfast, a breakfast type establishment. Like that was like pancakes, eggs, bacon, that sort of thing. Um, and they were pretty kick-ass pancakes. Mm. They were super good. Um, kind of made me feel like shit for about three hours afterwards. But, uh, it was all it is, is carbohydrates. Oh right? yeah, sugar and carbs and yeah, uh, but just you know and researching coming to japan like and looking for breakfast spots like that one i think stood out to me the most so i had to check it out it that was, was in tokyo that was in tokyo yeah there's one in osaka that i'll tell you about off the air i don't want to blow up my spot right okay, <laughs> but um but there's one place that does a really good job of um like a los angeles kind of style oh, okay. uh diner where it's just flapjacks eggs nice. and bacon and stuff yeah, like that's caros or something or a... it's incredibly hard to find that style like you come here and you have the kind of sweeter dessert ones you're like this is really good mm-hmm. right but being like american after a certain amount of time you want your savory bacon yeah, for sure it's very difficult very difficult to find this place is all <clears throat> between kyoto kobe and osaka it's the only place yeah yeah wow and okay. it's really great but um it also has japanese you know clientele like you know right. people coming in are not it's not just foreigners, you right. know. Foreigners, we do go over there and we... we do you notice? You know, it's about 15%, yeah. 20% of okay. non-Japanese. But there. the place is always packed. It's very small. Right. It's, it's what, packed, 10 yeah. maybe? Yeah. Oh, 10 wow. people, okay. yeah. Gotcha. Or maybe cool. a little more than that. Nice. But um, but you also came with a bunch of questions. I don't know if you remember any of the questions that you had for us. So. Um, well, yeah. So some of the some of the big ones... Well, the biggest one for me was um, what's... Have you all seen a Western person running a running a franchise out here? And like, that's like, is that like something that's accepted? Something that people are leery about? Um, yeah, I think it's seen as authentic when yeah, it happens. Okay, Kobe is really famous. It was a port city, so about 150 years ago when Japan first opened and allowed foreigners to come into the country, we still needed like a, like a license to come in here. You could just random people couldn't come in. I see. Um, but. Yokohama and Kobe are the first two cities to allow that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have a deep history of Western establishments. And to this day, it's very high-end, Michelin star, Italian, French food out in Kobe. You know? oh, okay. And yeah, among Japanese friends and coworkers, 
お願いします。はい。Okay. To, to be honest, I, I'm like that too, right? If I go out here and get a burrito and see a non Japanese person in the kitchen, I'm like, oh, all right, I'm going to get up with this try, you know? <laughs> sure.、uh, what, what do you think about that? No, no, I totally agree. I think a lot of times you find people that are lifers where they've married somebody Japanese and then they, their dream is to not work at a you know, school their whole life or teach English, you know,、yeah. teach English. <laughs> so、um, they'll open up a, a restaurant. You find a lot of like can, Canadian run、um, hamburger places in town, and, and there's、um, yeah, a lot of Canadian entrepreneurs,、uh, especially in Osaka. Okay.、Um, but I think, you know, in Tokyo, it's a little more international and you get people from all over the place. But yeah, I mean, there's like you were saying, we, there's an Italian restaurant. It's, it's Biotop, you know, Biotop?、Mm. Like their cafe has、um, wood fire. You know, or the what do they call those stone oven yeah, yeah, yeah. pizzas and stuff? And、oh, the, it's an Italian guy cooking、cool. up there, and his pizza is delicious. You know, it's fantastic. So, as long as the food is good and it's, you know, and if it, I think that authenticity does help yeah, the business. Yeah. I think Japanese could get nervous if you're like working as like a host or something like that. Like, yeah, how does he speak Jap- like, like right, Japanese? Right. But. If they see those people、uh, in the kitchen cooking the food and things like that,、yeah. definitely no big deal. Obviously,、okay. if they're the waiter or whatever, if they spoke fluent Japanese, it wouldn't be a problem either, you know? Gotcha. So,、yeah. especially Tokyo, we see it a lot. I'll never forget out here, like, we live in Korea, where in Korea you wouldn't see non Korean people working anywhere.、Mm-hmm. I remember I came to Japan, I was at the gap, you know, buying something for my wife one time, and saw, like, you know, a non Japanese dude just working at the gap, and I was like, dude, this is like, it's like being back home, like, it doesn't matter, you know?、And, Yeah, Tokyo's that way for sure. I see. It does、yeah. help to have Japanese you yeah, know, under、sure. your belt, I、Definitely, think, especially、yeah. in like, a service industry. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's one of, the, one of the plans in moving forward is make sure that、uh, at least a year of study. Yeah. Yeah. The issue、yeah. is that there's so many formalities and nuances、right. within the language. So, Kegel is the language of business、yeah. or、mm-hmm. the highest formality, and、um, that's what you have to speak. And it's, You can learn Japanese, right? And then Kegel is like a different language. I see.、Know? Wow. So, and that's what you have to speak in a business setting. I see. So, it's very, very challenging.、Okay. Most people I know just tend to make the food in the kitchen. You know, just, they give a nice high and、yeah. they'll do some of the very bare bone basics. I see. But they typically would hire a, a Japanese、um, a group to handle like service and. Gotcha. Because、okay. of those just customs and formalities are very challenging, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that like restaurants, like people are very, very particular about like making sure that you're having a good time. Yeah, like, you know, taking care of. Yeah. yeah. That's what I loved about it. Is, that's kind of always been our, our mythos with the, the restaurant and just really like anticipating needs before, you know. Mm. People have to stand up and ask for something, and just like everything needs to be done be- you know, beforehand. Yeah. So, yeah、um, so, in a way, that's been like all the, all the different,、um, all the different 
formalities of the dining experience so far have been pretty consistent with what we provide, and so I think it, I think it, would, it so far that would make sense. Yeah, know? I want to kind of take things back a bit, and like you've been here for nearly fourteen days so far, right? Yeah. You're getting on the end of your trip. Mm-hmm. What have been some of like the culinary or like dining kind of highlights? Or oh, man, yeah. So I think. You know, to be honest, just the the really like the obvious ones, like the ramen and the um, ramen and the uh, karage. I was really excited to come and go. <laughs> we have some sitting in front of yeah, us right, right now. Yeah, yeah, smelling it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's it's really exciting. Um, and then the udon, um, just the oh, the whole izakaya experience is just really izakaya is awesome. Right, just my favorite thing to do. That's one of the like like impossible to replicate back home. Like yeah. you can get ramen back home, right? You can get karage, but yeah. the full izakaya, like the vibe, the scene there. Fresh food, the local seasonal right. food, and I still to this day five years in, like I get really excited to go to izakaya because it's a little daunting, like not being fluent or native in Japanese. Mm-hmm. A lot of the menus are handwritten daily menus, and yeah. I don't feel unless I know the place or I know the owner, or they see me a lot, and I can just say like otsumewa, like whatever you recommend. Right. Oh, it still freaks me out to go. Yeah. yeah. When I go with friends and speak Japanese, I often feel like, oh man, I'm so happy to be here right now. Yeah. Yeah, every izakaya experience I've had has been great, and usually it's the best, you know, the best food you find. Right. Like, it's somebody in a kitchen, like, hands-on, you know, it's not coming from a bag or anything, it's somebody right. that... Uh, fish and chips, or... Back right. home, like, I think a bar, yeah, there's the whole, like, gastropod movement or whatever, I think, but still... There's just, nothing, yeah, nothing. It's, like, that. exclusively all izakaya have good food here, like, it's, it's hard to find one that doesn't. Right. And back home, you have to work hard to find, like, you know, a nice bar that has good food, I think. Yeah, yeah I think the most, like... Is a authentic izakaya experience and was in a Nico actually. It was right by my hostel up, up there, and I was I met a Swiss guy and we went there and both walked in and had that exact experience. The the menu was actually you know hand painted on slats above the bar, yeah. uh, obviously changed uh, periodically, and you know we s- took off our shoes and sat and sat down on um, at the table and then. Um, you know, waited for, a, waited for a while, and then eventually, you know, the fellow realized, yeah, these guys aren't going to, no they're just going to sit here for an hour until yeah. I say something. So we eventually came over, and I, you know, said some things that I knew, like karage, sashimi, mm. and we eventually got, we got stuff happening. Yeah. But uh, it was really great. All the food was just incredible, and the, and the like you said, the, the, the atmosphere, the, the proprietor there cooking the food for you, bringing it over mm. to you, food and drinks and everything was awesome really being put in that situation often this is the opposite of like the american mentality with me of like i want my double quarter pounder without ketchup with fries <laughs> double this and like oh, the, yeah. the customizer like i forget who i was with recently i was, I was with someone who's like traveling or new year or something and we're just talking about how like open-minded you have to be and how i legit eat everything now and i used to have my limits i wasn't like a picky eater back home or anything but there's very few things i think i said like i don't want eyeballs or like fish heads now and that, that's about it mm-hmm. and it's opened me up so much like I didn't even really eat fish before I came here I like sushi but cooked fish I definitely didn't like and I kind of love it now and yeah just getting recommendations of food or getting what's seasonal or what's fresh oftentimes even recently I went to that place Monk in Kyoto yeah I hate mackerel usually and I don't like uh, octopus often and man if it always tasted like I had it there you know I would love it but when you're in the hands of someone else and just taking the recommendations yeah it's, it's pretty crazy how good food can be that you think you don't like but cook the proper way or being so fresh or local you know it's like a different food oh yeah yeah totally try all sorts of different things that you never get a you never have access to you know i mean coming from california 
even though we're by the water, you know, there's not a lot of seafood culture and stuff. That's true, yeah. And so, I mean, just getting into seafood, you know, has been an amazing experience. It's like open your, you open yourself to a whole bunch of food, like, right. you've never had, you know, access to. And, yeah, I mean, I love sushi now. I, I try to go as often as I can, you know. Uh, eel, I like eel, even though a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. don't like eel, you know. I've tried the raw raw chicken and oh, yeah, raw, raw chicken's like, been a big one, yeah. I have yeah. not tried that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Would yeah. you would you do it if you I don't think I would. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I had some pretty al dente um karage actually and I was kind of weirded out by it. Yeah. Uh, my stomach was fine, but do you understand why it's possible? Uh I I would assume maybe with wasabi or some sort of like um <laughs> sort of a it's just yeah. yeah, it's so fresh and so local wow, that just, salmonella and bacteria and things like that are only formed with our kind of system over time of yeah. the food, you know, to the farm to your door it takes wow. that long. We're here I've been to just places that I don't think are that great. Like I get like an eight dollar curry mm-hmm. and I've seen legit the farmer come in, bring in the chicken on his little motorcycle, wow, then cut it up and back and it's like that earlier that day that chicken was probably alive and yeah. now it's on my plate and um I've never purposely ordered raw chicken here. It's always yeah. been, uh, I make out sasami, which is chicken breast, okay. on the menu. And I think it's, I'm at like a karage place or a cooked chicken place. And I think, oh, it's, it's just chicken breast. It's a lock-up lifestyle. And it comes out raw. And it's in like a ponzu sauce. And I'm like, well, I don't have the language skills to like explain. And it's yeah. rude in the back. And... I don't want to eat this. I've been trained for 30 years of my life to be told this is wrong. I'm going to get sick. But the social awkwardness of this, I'm going to, I'm more afraid of that than getting sick, I guess. So I'm just going to do it. And it tastes, tasted pretty good. Really? I've done it three times, never on purpose. Every time, like, I just think I order karage or whatever, and out comes a raw chicken. And yeah, it's, it's all about the sauce it's in. If it's in a good sauce, don't really notice it. Okay. Um, Okay. I had one that was particularly irony in taste. Okay. Just like blood, you know? And I was with a friend who's a Japanese speaker, and he said, uh, is there any way we could, you could just cook this? Like, we'll send it back, and you know, cook it, and well, we're happy to eat it. And it was a pretty, like, hardcore place, and, like, nah. Yeah, they if, they if they give that to you, you're expected to eat it, you know? Yeah, like even sure. if Because, if, you know, I was out with Japanese friends when, when they brought it by, and what happened was um, <laughs> they, they bring it out, and you... If they're going to bring out, get more food or yeah. something, it all has to be eaten, right? right? So we eat it first. And so if you want something else, you know, you got to dig in. Right. So, but I, yeah, I tried it. I thought it was good. I've had raw chicken twice. Okay. I think it's fantastic. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've come around to it. Was and your then, purpose like, hmm, yeah, it's good. Hey, man, want to get some raw chicken? No, I, 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 I wouldn't yeah. order it just like, I wouldn't order it just <laughs> like on its own. But, um... But with friends and stuff, I'll definitely okay, eat yeah. it. And then um, I've had uh, raw goose as well, and that was good. That was good too. Yeah, that's, that's rare. Yeah, goose and uh, always with you know Akira. So uh, you know he he's the one that uh, broadens my oh, horizons. You know, okay, because cool. he'll order. He knows what to order from the menus, and he yeah. knows what's good, and he knows what might be strange. You know, for mm-hmm. us, but it is tasty cool you know? leaving food on your plate here is like very rude especially yeah. if it's non-franchise mm-hmm. oh, so okay. the last place we were just at for example yeah but doing i knew the owner for years and yeah. as a friend before i ate at his place and you mentioned before like oh, like is there are portions too big and uh, after years of knowing him you know wow. and um i thought i was always doing a really good job you know i'd maybe just leave like a little 
hold it or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah you, you gotta eat all your food here, which can be tough from a Western mindset sometimes. Yeah, there was, a, yeah, I had some okonomiyaki today and I was just, just, you know, fighting through it and, yeah. um, towards the end. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know that, but I assumed that was kind of a thing. I mean, if you're yeah. not gonna go back often or don't want to like befriend right. the owner, it's fine. Yeah. It's, if it's Okonomiyaki's, if it's not like a real local place or something, yeah, it's a bit of a tourist food. Yeah. But sure. yeah, you go to like a real local place that's in your neighborhood. You want to go back and be friendly with the people. Either. In that case, yeah. you got it. You got it. But somewhere else, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. That's but um, yeah, those small little nuances and stuff. What do you think about the portions? Portion sizes since um, you've been here. I mean, do you feel like it, they're? It, it varies. Um, yeah, it seems like the touristy kind of food, like the takoyaki and the yeah okonomiyaki, was that was intense. Like that was a lot of food. Yeah. Like definitely like was at a point with both of those. Where, like, and both of them they taste great. They're a little like they're a lot of sauce. I think like mm. sauce heavy, but um, but you know I you know, figured you have to try it. Yeah. But other than that, like. I, I just towards towards the last like quarter of the meal I was like you know <laughs> t- t- tucking in real hard um, but yeah I, I, for the most part it's all been reasonable and makes sense especially the uh, not, is not too small I mean that's the reputation right oh Japanese really no it's just too small yeah. no I don't think so I've, I've been no I've de- definitely felt like it's been good um, I think when I first came here my first couple of months here I, I was pretty hungry often or like I go to like some nicer restaurants, you know. I spend what I think. Before I lived in Japan, I don't think I ever spent more than twenty dollars on a meal. Twenty dollars is like a very expensive meal, you know. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know that, that's pushing like thirty or forty bucks for me. What I think is like very expensive. Yeah. Um, but my point is like I get like a twenty dollar meal sometimes and like need to go get an onigiri at the convenience store yeah. after to kind of balance it out or. Yeah. I felt some meals were small. You too? When you first moved? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think when, when, I, when I first came here, I was hungry. A lot more hungry. But I feel like the portion sizes are great now. You know, I mean, it's more once, once you yeah. get used to that's the right amount, right? Also, yeah. you could ask for, like, large size rice. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, if you, go to a, if you go to a restaurant, you could ask for your chisai or the okisai, uh, you know, yeah. and then they... For ramen restaurants, you can often get more size. noodles. Oh, okay. It's sometimes it's like a dollar or more. Oh, wow. Sometimes it's even free. They just come bring them free. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of, you should eat your frage. You oh, yeah. You can well, fill yeah. the time here. Um, yeah. Can I, we fill the time? <laughs> I don't know. It's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you first came here from... You were living in the States before, Matt, and you were staying with me, that you're often kind of hungry a lot still and I, I remember feeling that way too we lived in Korea before so I used to think it's Asia you know maybe portion sizes are small everywhere but I think compared to Korea or other Asian countries we've visited Japan's definitely the smallest portion sizes when you go out to a restaurant or something I've seen well I mean the difference between Korea is Korea always has one item on the menu that you can get infinite amounts of like kimchi uh, or true. you know the, the side dishes are, yeah, yeah. are free and they're unlimited that's true that's yeah. true so, um, Here it's rice, like you said, but for me, I'm very conscious of like carbs, right? I mean, I'm not like on a diet or anything, but I just think I'm just eating rice and there's no substance to it. There's sure. no nutrients in any way. I don't, I don't really fill up on that. I'd rather eat produce or the meat or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, even if you get the large size rice, it's not that much more. And um, if you go to like uh, cocoa curry, you can, you can ask for like the amount of rice that, that mm. you want. And it's not an additional like charge. 40, 40, sometimes it's like 40 cents or 30 cents more. I think it's right? more expensive to make the curry spicier. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> you know? true. Adding the spice. But, um, 
But so I mean, if you're really hungry, though, you ask for a little more, a little more rice. Mm-hmm. Usually, the my wife will get the small rice. I'll get the large rice, and I, I usually am able to finish it. Yeah. And it's not that. I don't feel like it's too much. It's taken me years to like like rice. Really, I've been on one of our podcasts. I love rice. Korean water. Yeah, I mean, everyone does. But I was always like, mm, oh, it's all right. I eat it because it's like it fills you up. Yeah. But I never got excited about it. But mm-hmm. I think finally, ten years of being in Asia now. I, I kind of can like start to really appreciate white rice, you know? Yeah. That makes well, sense. I think some of the, the foods here in Japan and Korea as well are very strong in flavor and they're small, small portions, but they're strong in flavor. And I think breaking it up with the rice is nice. Yeah. And for me, that's, that's why I enjoy rice. Mm. Especially in with Korea. Curry, curry yeah. or with a karage or um, with, you know, whatever it is, chicken yeah. or marinated chicken and stuff. I just feel like if I eat too much of it too quickly, you know, it's too rich. Right. But if I break it up with rice, then yeah, right. it's, yeah. it's just right, you know? You mentioned ramen. Yeah. Foodie ramen. Do you know a foodie? Uh, it's my favorite foodie. ramen chain in Tokyo. Um, you guys have it in Portland. Yeah, we have it in Portland. I, I live in Japan. Okay. I live in... I'm happy to go to Osaka, happy to go to Kyoto. We do not have a foodie out here. If I want a foodie, I gotta, like, pay $300 and go on the Shinkansen, not oh, Tokyo. Yeah. And they open a location in Portland. I'm so jealous. Have you, have you been there? Uh, yeah, I've been there. Actually, yeah. my friend is uh, a GM there. Oh, no so, way. Yeah, yeah, one of my childhood friends. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, um, have you been... Did you go out in Japan? Or? Um, I did not go in Japan. Yeah, I probably wouldn't if I had it in, in Portland, yeah. I didn't get ramen when I was there. I got some of their more, like, experimental, like, sushi that they did there, which was... Is this great. Portland? Yeah, it was in Portland. Oh. So I'm not sure it's the same sort of concept. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was pretty, like, high concept in Portland. So I didn't... So when I heard that it was in Japan, I, I assumed, I'm like, it can't be the same thing, because that was, like, super it's different. legit just, like, you know, $9 ramen here. $10 oh. ramen. That, that's it. You can't get anything else. Oh, wow, yeah. So I, I guess that was right, because... Cool. Ipudo, yeah. you know Ipudo? Ibro is a famous That's the one chain. I went to. Okay, in Japan? In, in, yeah, in uh, okay. uh, okay, so that's all ramen too, right? Yeah. Mostly. But out in like New York and stuff in LA, they have like chasu and like 30, these $30 dishes and stuff that yeah. I hear, you know, it's just it's kind of humble, you know? Yeah. That's, that that's crazy. So they have sushi at. Oh, yeah. Food. Yeah, oh, I had uh, some just wild, like, you know, quail egg on top of oyster on top of something else. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, in, a, in a spoon, in a uh, udon spoon. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's how you eat really it. different. It's so interesting how people yeah. have to adapt, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, Portland, the people, you got to be, you got to have some sort of different concept. Well, their ramen. There's so much ramen. The ramen's so different here. I mean, that's why I like it. It's like, it's not a heavy ramen. Almost all ramen here is pork, pork based. Yeah. And after you eat it, it's like you just want to pass out and fall asleep. And it's so heavy and so fatty. Mm-hmm. Afuri is very famous for having like a citrus based oh, wow. kind of yuzu ramen here. Um, then they do like these kind of spicy, more Thai inspired ones. Yeah. Um, it's like dipping ramen so you have the noodles and you have a bowl of the sauce and even within the ramen world you know they have their own kind of diverse take on it I think they're marketed more towards girls you know, Japan can be a little weird gender based sometimes like that mm-hmm. they think if something's not like fatty or heavy that it's going to be more, more popular with girls so I think here that's how they do their marketing but have you considered like with your restaurant how you would maybe have to change it for Japan or um, yeah since I've been here I was yeah and you mentioned earlier like mm-hmm. How are you going to implement rice on your menu? Yeah. And to be honest, like I don't really have an answer for it. Mm. Um, just the, um, yeah, just it being uh, Nordic cuisine. It's like they they don't do rice. You know? Sure. Um, we actually in our early days, this is funny. 
I think only the the, the deep fans would understand this one. But uh, <laughs> deep in our, like yeah, in our first year we did um, a dinner concept where we did sushi. We did a like a Nordic style sushi where we did uh, black forbidden rice, so very like huge grain black rice uh, with you know some uh, tuna sashimi on top and. Yeah, it, I don't think it, it was. It was delicious. It wasn't mm. a bad concept. It was just, um, I think it was more uh, the fact that um, uh, our restaurant's just always been known as a as a brunch restaurant. Sure. And sure. it was really it's it's been hard for us since the beginning. We tried several concepts to do a dinner to do a dinner mm. thing, and it's just never really taken off. Yeah. Um, so, um, but and and that way in that way, like I'm trying to think of how rice can be implemented. In the, it's hard to say. It's hard to talk about that. Like to really talk yeah, about the specifics away. of the restaurant, but sure, like yeah, everything. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, without giving away too much, everything's very, everything's very much like almost bento box style, like mm. compartmentalized into different things. Um, all the dishes are very like presented in a lot of the times in the cast iron in which they're cooked, and um, and so like. We do a very similar thing to takoyaki. It's called a able skewer. It's a Danish pancake. It's, it uses literally the identical pan. It just doesn't have octopus or anything. It doesn't have sauce on top of it. It's just just a pancake, but it's a, a pancake ball. And huh. it's done the exact same way as takoyaki. Yeah. Um, which I think the Japanese were really excited about. If, you know, um, um, when when there was that big wave, there was a, there was a big wave in, um, in Portland culture with Japanese, Japanese tourists coming in and, and patronizing all the different businesses. And, um, a lot of, a lot of folks actually that were in like the, um, hospitality sector started taking Japanese lessons in order to like accommodate better. When did that start? That started probably about like, probably it's apex was about six, six, seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. And it's and, gone um, down a little bit and stuff? Um, I, no, it's still going pretty okay, strong, okay. I think. Um, and in visiting here, I've noticed a lot of, like, a lot of Portland, um, Portland-esque uh, aesthetics. Mm. Uh, yeah, one of the hostels I stayed in was that way. And actually, when I went and met with the group, um, they took me back to a, a restaurant um, closer into Tokyo, and it was, it's called Rosie, which is, um, it's a really awesome place. I highly recommend it. It's a, the concept, it's a farm to table concept. Um, it's aesthetic is based on kind of the, the very, you know, um, handcrafted wood centric, um, um, aesthetic. Um, there was craft beer on the menu, wine from Oregon. Um, and yeah, so Rosie is like a take on like the Rose city. That's okay. like, uh, designed really well. Um, is it run yeah, by Japanese or run by a Japanese fellow. Um, yeah, and it's, it's really, really great. I must be uh, so daunting seeing, yeah. like, I mean, to run a place out here and you see uh, people come in and then guys from Portland, right, or yeah. that area, yeah. eating at your food, you're trying to emulate that. Mm-hmm. You just imagine back home, like, running a sushi restaurant, a ramen restaurant, and walk, right. like, these Japanese people who own a ramen restaurant back home or something, you know, like, yeah, that's, right. that's the true test, but, yeah. and you said it's good, so that must feel so awesome, you know. Oh, for, it was great, and they, they had, like, a Japanese take on, like, the Portland uh, farm. Mm-hmm. A lot of, there was actually a lot of vegetarian and vegan options on the menu. That was mm-hmm. kind of their, their, their center point was you know, keeping it more plant-based. How does that like make you feel to see you know Japanese people out here doing the whole Portland thing? Like, it, is it kind of weird and foreign? I mean, or do you feel they're I'm, they're getting it? Or oh, they get it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's it's a pretty simple concept, and they totally get it, and they're and they're executing it really well. Like, uh, yeah, the hostel Len uh, is 
they did it. They're, they're doing it real great. Yeah. Um, uh, they got the coffee down. Um, and yeah, the coffee, at the side note, the coffee has been on point wherever I go. Like, yeah, you and, like yeah, it? What, what do you usually order? Like, what kind of coffee? I just get espresso. Espresso, yeah. yeah Straight espresso. So like, the coffee I'm in, onsen in Kyoto, was all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Any yeah. other good ones you've had? Um, actually, uh, matcha. I've, like, it's not coffee, but uh, the, ma- the matcha yeah. latte has, like, changed my mind on matcha. <laughs> I think I always, like, I've, it's, it's beca- becoming a little bit trendier um, in Oregon, um, just because it's beautiful, you know, you can make you can make like beautiful latte art with it. Um, and I, I think I like assume like, oh yeah, I've tried it, and I think I was getting it a more confused with mate, mm. and which is like not not great. But yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It's, you got you got to develop a taste for that for yeah. sure. Um, it's, and, it's definitely the deep dive, right? Yeah, you work way up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I. A lot of my roommates in college loved it. It's mm-hmm. always had like. Did they have the gourd they, and oh, man, everything? They had a gourd and the metal metal straw connected yeah, to their yeah. mouth like all day long. <laughs> and hookah, God. Yeah. I'm glad college is over. But the um, the um, the um, matcha, like, yeah, I, I would love the flavor of matcha. And so I want. That's one of the things I want to bring back like immediately when I get also, home. I'm totally gonna get that in yeah. there. Just buy some tea leaves. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dirty. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. So back to rice. I don't know how we're. Gonna, I don't yeah. know how we're gonna do it. But. Well, like you might not have to, or like you said, like back home you tried it. And it was good, but like you're not at dinner place. But maybe your reputation, reputation precedes you a bit there. Yeah. For coming out here to Japan, like you gotta start that exactly. identity. Exactly. Maybe you become more of a dinner place, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's okay. Sometimes simplicity is good too. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you might just you were saying it's kind of like a bento yeah. box anyway, right? Yeah. So well, just add rice similar. on the, you know, just add right. rice oh, on one size. of those apartments, exactly. you know, just... instead of putting a loaf of bread or giving the yeah. option, mm-hmm. actually. A lot of places out here, yeah, people at Italian idea. restaurants, they give you the option yeah. of yeah. Yeah, bread or rice. That's, yeah. right. that's great. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you, there you have it. You know, um, I think like you know, salmon, Japanese breakfast, first of all, it doesn't exist for eating out. There's nowhere to go or eat Japanese breakfast. Out. No, no. Eat it at home. That's the that's, true Japanese breakfast. Yeah. So if you are eating bre- very different breakfast, you're eating West, yeah. Western food, you know? Yeah. And to be honest, those big places we name and stuff, like I don't know if they have rice on the menu. Um, like eggs, yeah. eggs and things, and no, no, eggs and things probably won't have or rice. Our, 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 secret, our secret spot in Osaka no, doesn't, doesn't have, doesn't have yeah, rice yeah. on any for sure. Yeah. So, but they're very small. So the, I mean, their their customer base doesn't have to be like super huge, right? So I mean, depending on the size of your right your restaurant, you might have to take that into consideration. Yeah. If you're going to go for a broader audience, right, you probably want to make some broader choices. You know, Definitely. classic Japanese breakfast is. Miso. Okay, this Rice is a good time. We'll take a break. Take a break. Break time. Yeah, yeah. Lock, break lockdown. Lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely recording this, but uh... <laughs> Thought you had to be scared anymore. Yeah, I thought it was over. I, I'm like... I was expecting like a jump scare of some kind in that in that room. I thought there was gonna uh, be. I thought someone, like you said, get away from the. the to be honest, <laughs> that at my location never happened. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all they're all a little bit different. And I and I couldn't tell if it was like, <laughs> lights are out. <laughs> oh, 
な命中モンスターはおとなしくなりました Monsters have been eliminated. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have nightmares. <laughs> the scream mask, I was like, oh no, that was, that was another of the movies that I couldn't handle as a kid. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a horror person either, but I could, I could tolerate yeah. this amount. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the break. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Japan 2.0. What were we talking about? Oh, oh man, that's a good question. Deep, deep, deep we, were, we were discussing, you know, um, I don't know, some of your observations from the different yeah. Japanese restaurants you've been to. Talking about like the bento idea. Right. You might not have to have rice, you know? Oh, probably, at, probably for dinner. Yeah. You're going to need it. But I, think, I think the option makes, makes yeah, the a option. lot of sense. Yeah. Um, well, you know, how, even how, right about, now, how about portion sizes for you at your We actually you think it would be definitely. comparable. Definitely, yeah. That's one of the... We get um, we get differing reviews. <laughs> your birthday. Yeah. This is going to have to have a blooper reel, I think. A lot of this. The, the biggest blooper reel we've ever done. We get mixed reviews on our um, portion size. Um, reasonable people... Reasonable... Reasonable people think it's just fine. Yeah. Um, uh, people that are coming from like the South, I think um, sometimes the Midwest are like their portions are too small for what you get. Hey, sure, sure. Midwest man. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, we it's, it's either one or the other. Some people think yeah, it's too much. Some people think it's not enough. But it's I'm it's, sure it's, 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 it's totally yeah. It's it's very much. It's kind of deceptive because, like I said, it's kind of compartmentalized and things look smaller and, and they actually are. Okay. Oh, happy right. birthday! Happy birthday! Um, well, you know, you're not going to get many uh, restaurant experience experiences no. like this yet. Not right? at all. But it's making you rethink everything right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, got, we got to figure out our uh, whatever act is going to take place during brunch. Your happy sort of birthday song. Yeah. Will it be? Will it be Jason? Will it be the scream? Uh, the scream mask, or just yeah. like yeah, dead Norwegian fisherman just yeah. with a big bloody hook. <laughs> That's scarier, to be honest. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um. So. But the, the aesthetic, I think one of the reasons we were so successful in Japan is the aesthetic. Everything's like very, very well designed, served on board, served in cast iron. And, um, so in that way, it's like pretty easy, easy to replicate somewhere else. And, um, you were saying like off mic earlier, you guys have been fairly popular with Japanese clientele coming out to Portland, you know? Exactly, yeah. Is that one of my questions I had for you before you came was like, why, why Japan? You know, there's so many places in the world. Is it just because, like, you've already found success with Japanese tourists coming to Portland? Or? I mean, well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that a, a group came to us and, and with the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and, and they and it was, they based it off of um, the, the already popular Portland thing going on in Japan. So right. people have been, like you said, like, people have been taking certain aesthetics from Portland and then implementing them here and certain cultures, the microbrew cultures, you know, not not like native to Oregon, but like it's one of, Oregon is one of the biggest places it takes place. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there was, there was a number of uh, Japanese tour books that we were um, 
featuring featuring so like one was called True Portland and that was that featured us um uh, L Japan the L magazine the fashion magazine Japan did a write up on us and um so so we we've, we've got some we've got some fans already out, out in Japan so we think it makes sense um there's uh and the in the specific district we're looking to go for is um has has some like it's it's you know it's its own district it's, it's got its own clientele that are going to be there and they're not they're not taking the train in Tokyo to go for, yeah. breakfast, for breakfast for sure right you know yeah um and there a lot of them are actually familiar with the the, the restaurants so yeah when I first heard like you're gonna be like maybe an hour outside of Tokyo or whatever. Mm-hmm. It sounded worrisome to me, just because I'd imagine, like, with that kind of concept that a lot of the clientele would be non-Japanese, they would be attracted to that, you know? Mm -hmm. And suburb of Tokyo, you might not get, you're not going to get tourists, you know? Which, I mean, these days in Japan, the last three years, tourism is insane, it's through the roof. I I assume a lot of it's to do with the Olympics coming here in 2020, you know? Um, The exchange rate is quite good Mm -hmm. to come into Japan right now. so, I, I would imagine it's more challenging, you know, to get the kind of local, you know, just probably Japanese people, you know, right. to that concept. Have you considered, like, education? Because I, I think education is going to be a really big yeah, thing for, for you sure. guys. Or I've not seen a lot of Nordic food out here in my time in America oh, okay. or my time in Japan, for sure. Right. So, yeah. like... um have you considered that at all, like kind of how to teach people about the food or kind of market it, I guess? Um, as far as the food itself, it won't, wouldn't take much to, to educate. It's, there's nothing super weird. Everything's, everything's pretty, it's, it's Western. Um, it's, I would say more than anything, you know, it's, it's eggs and potatoes, um, just presented in a different way, really. And, um, um, I think the big thing is going to just be marketing, to, to be honest. Um, the like, like I said, the area we're in um, already has its own like culture out there. Where, and I was actually worried about it too. I was when, taking the train out there. <laughs> no idea what's happening right now. No, I, I don't know either. Right? Yeah, <laughs> she's carrying that note. Wow, her day job is uh, singer apparently. <laughs> Um, I wonder if that's the police that saved us from the monsters. Scalabies. I hope they're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the, when I was taking the train out there, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of the most unique episodes uh, that we've done. Yeah. The juxtaposition of our like t- culinary talk, <laughs> the atmosphere is uh, yeah. one of a kind. Yeah. <laughs> We needed a place you where said, we could set yeah, up, you know, yeah. and, and be loud. And, and be loud, we're, yeah. We're being outmatched right now. Yeah, yeah we Which got beat. Rare in Japan. <laughs> we're not the loudest people in the room, yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Yes. Um, Anyways, you were saying you, you had said you were kind of yeah. concerned on the train ride out there. Yeah, on the train be... ride out there, I was I was sweating it big time. I was, like, got on the train. It was, it's one of the, the faster, faster trains. And, yeah, it was a solid half hour to get out there from Tokyo, and I was media like this is a bad idea you know yeah. um and then getting to the place itself it's right next to a college campus um right next to a, a, a yeah university of tokyo campus one of them and um and it was a it was a saturday so it was really slow so there wasn't a lot of people around and 
anyway, I, I met with a group and we kind of did a tour of the facilities that were immediately next to the station and um, the concept of the smart city that they're developing and the concept of the development group that's doing it. And and at that point, I was very impressed. They were uh, doing, they've done over the actual centuries, they're a very old company. They've been, done some really cool work and um, in urban development, urban, uh, urban renewal. And um, specifically in this area, um, I was still like, okay, but what are you going to do here? You know, what's, yeah. And so they brought me out to the prospective location. And on the way out there, we passed this, uh, this shopping district and um, it was packed. There was tons of people there. Like I, was, I said, oh, okay, well, this is, <laughs> this is where everybody is. Sure. And yeah, there it was like, there's like a, a big, huge bookstore, very reminiscent of Powell's in Portland, um, almost the same size as like Powell's main shop, which is huge. Um, and th at that point, I was much more uh, relieved, good. and 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 then to talk to the, um, and then to it, was, it wasn't until after that I met up with the people that were um, more involved in the immediate decision to, to come to us to to Broder. That's when I met up with them at Rosie and and uh, Conda. They they said, well, this is why we talked to you is because there's people in in our. Um, people in our district that are already familiar with your food and are actually like you know crossing their fingers that you all are interested in doing it as well and and so that that made me feel a lot better and seeing people there made me feel a lot better and to be honest like i'm feel i would feel better about starting it somewhere a little bit more remote and kind of getting our feet wet and and getting getting uh like moving the concept to japan and like I think it makes more sense to do it somewhere that isn't so, um, we don't have it, well, we still have just as much at stake, but we have a little bit more support, I think, from this group, uh, who are really enthusiastic. A, a little less competition as well. Definitely you a lot know, less If you're in the middle of town, you know, there's a lot of bright lights, there's a lot of fluorescent, you know, it's, it's hard, it's easy to get lost Definitely. in, like, when you're downtown Shibuya and stuff, you right. know, because there's so many options. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's got to be cheaper for, like, the rent and stuff like that, too, totally. so overhead would be a little easier out there. For sure. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think we're not sure where we would take it, but, you know, after starting out there, we definitely want to expand it somewhere somewhere south. We're thinking Osaka. Of Osaka. We're actually, <laughs> Osaka is actually... That's awesome, what, man. When you first contacted us, I mean, I was just selfishly excited because yeah. the Western food options aren't super great out here, you know, and I always feel guilty, but when we go to Tokyo, one of my big reasons to go there is to get the Western establishments that living here long term we don't get, you know? Gotcha. So I'm kind of, I have a reputation for being like a big Tokyo guy in this area. Okay. So when people go there, they always come to me for recommendations and I, I feel bad. <laughs> everything I like is like, well, I get pizza here and hamburgers here. Yeah, and, gotcha, and, gotcha. You know, it's, it's all Western. It's the same for me, though, because, I mean, we eat Japanese food here in, yeah. in Osaka all the time, you yeah. know. So when we go to Tokyo, we want something different. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great brewery, Spring Spring Valley Brewery. It's, it's like one of the best California. restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, awesome, and that place is great. I, I want to go there every time I'm there. <laughs> yeah. They open one in Kyoto as well, but... Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna go for sushi because I could get good sushi, you know, right. in town, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah that's, I, I totally know what you mean. It um, seems to be a thing. Going, you go to different cities or different districts, and you get the thing that's specific to that thing. And every yeah, every, every place yeah, has that thing. Yeah, yeah. Seasonal 
regional, very, very big deals here. Yeah. yeah. It's and almost I, like I when you go it. there, you got to bring it back for people, you know, they'll right. expect that certain regional thing. Right. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. You had some other questions in your email? Um, Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's a boy. It's a, yeah, really funny smile. <laughs> Beautiful smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. um, um, I, like one thing I remember you asked specifically was like day drinking. Is day drinking? Oh, right, right. You mentioned like Bloody Mary, mimosa culture. And, yeah, that was yeah. a big one. So for me, like, I mean, drinking culture here is pretty strong in general. Like people like to, like to drink a lot for sure. I mean, we're at a drinking kind of place right now, right? Mm-hmm. Of course we are. Yeah. <laughs> I asked around like my, my work on this one, and I was kind of surprised. My answer would have been to be like, yeah, but, like Bloody Marys aren't my my wife's favorite drink here is Bloody Mary. Oh, okay. Favorite drink in the world, and she's always complaining that in Japan she can't get a good Bloody Mary. You know. Yeah. Um. So mimosas and Bloody Marys, I don't see those on menus a lot. But I would say people are happy to drink at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe 10. Yeah. So not, not I've before. never really seen people pouring the drinks back no, at 10. That's, that's not not normal people, you know? Yeah, yes. I, I, I've seen, I mean, I think beer and wine is always a safe bet. Well, know, not before I mean, lunch, right? Around, around, lunch, around, around, around lunchtime, yeah. yeah, yeah lunch. I, I did see a guy at this bakery near my house the other day I've just seen, buy like that's a my beer point is you see, chug you it. See you see know? people doing and it, but they're not the normal people, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it wasn't normal. Everybody in there were kind of, they were all surprised. Like <laughs> They were like, what happened? Because he just came in, he bought a beer, he sat down. It's not a beer place. They do like coffee and, and pastries and stuff. And he down the beer in like maybe yeah. 10 seconds so that, guy, he, that guy's he, drinking he left. But, that was like at 9 in the morning yeah. you know otherwise yeah I would say local people you know yeah. now the thing is here it's, it's in some ways it might be controversial to say but in my opinion Japan in some ways is 20 years behind the states and certain social norms or values where a lot of times uh, women are staying at home and men are still working here yeah. and when I do go out during the daytime I do see more women drinking yeah. as, as teachers at an international school we have a lot of time off work where Japanese would be working so there's a lot of times I go to establishments I'm the only guy there you know eating, eating lunch and I kind of look around and see these kind of ladies who die in culture here it's, it's very strong still that's I'm, a bit, I'm a bit jealous thinking like man this, this is life they're sitting yeah. drinking the champagne at lunch you know, send their kids to us and then they get to hang out dress and, uh, to, the nine, yeah. to the nines and all and but, that's, um, and that's not abnormal in Oregon either okay um, uh, you know the, the ladies dining out um, okay. specifically in Hood River where uh, the location I am running it's not it's it's retirable old women gotcha yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for like western food establishments or places that are kind of trendy or a little bit hip in any way and I, I think from what I know about your establishment it would be considered that here you're gonna have a much larger women clientele than men clientele okay. I think guys here just typically don't want to spend money on food oftentimes. I see. Okay. especially guys going out together kind of the salary man culture uh, uh, they just want to go to like a karage place with yeah. three or four dollar beers gotcha. and kick back be loud, you know. Gyudon, which is the bowl of like rice with the meat on top, you right. know. I mean, that's costs like three hundred yen, you yeah, know. Okay. It's not like a carnivore culture in that way for guys, you know. So like okay. I said, a little bit old fashioned. That's really something um, to consider. Yeah. So I I like that stuff, but I also like the other stuff too. And uh, most Western kind of kind of cafe or European style places I go to, 
mm-hmm. oftentimes very women centric. Oh, yeah. So okay. you might want to consider that in some way. Definitely. Yeah. Um, with the drinking. Yeah, that's that's. Important. I would say mimosas would probably be much more popular here than Bloody Marys. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Mint mint flavored drinks, you know, tend to be whiskeys and yeah, stuff. Pretty popular. Gotcha. Okay. Um, like what? What was I thinking of? Um, not a mint julep, but. Uh, Mojito? Mojito? Mojitos, yeah, mojitos. And they're on the menus all the time, yeah, and gotcha. they're, they're popular. Mm. The refreshing drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But. I think you asked about turnover as well. You mentioned, like, other Portland-based places, like, uh, what's the coffee one we are talking about earlier tonight? Stumptown. Stumptown Puck, was here, yeah. and they were gone pretty fast. Puck, mm-hmm. Puck, Puck, he was Puck, one you mentioned. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. yeah, those, I mean, they weren't even on my radar, and I've lived here, and mm-hmm. I know of both those places in Portland, but I didn't even know they are out here in Tokyo. Right. Um, I think Japan's a very difficult, famous market to break into, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, practices that would work back home and be very successful often aren't here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think if you can make it the first year or two, mm-hmm. this probably isn't that insightful. It's probably similar back home. You know, that first year is the hardest to make. Right. I think if you can if you can break that first year or two and stay, you'll, you'll be here for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, Japan's a very old history, and generally people are very committed here. Once they decide we like your establishment, we like your company, your brand, mm-hmm. they will live and die for you, you know, oh. and they will be very, very loyal. That's Just great. Massive journalization. Of course, people right. might break from that. But um, I think convincing them of that change in the beginning mm-hmm. would be the hardest thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I think a marketing slash education, kind of like we were talking about before, yeah. would be the biggest challenge of, of any company. Yes. And if you can overcome that, I think you're going to get people staying with you. So I might recommend, like you said, a lot of Japanese people are coming to you currently almost maybe when you see them come in, give a little survey or be like, hey, if this were to bring this back to Tokyo, what would you think? What would you want to see? Right. Probably get the most authentic, great, you know, sincere answers from Mm -hmm. that. Maybe you give them a little free drink, uh, whatever it is, you know, for filling that out or something like that. that. That's a really great idea. Um, Something like that, I think, is going to give you the most insider info, you know? Yeah, for sure. Maybe mention the neighborhood you're in, see if people Mm -hmm. think of that place, et cetera, so. Okay, cool. Um, that's that's really good to know. Do you? I mean, this is probably a harder one for you all to answer. But do you? Uh, and another turnover question. Yeah. Like, do you notice like when you go to places, uh, the the staff kind of stays the same? Mm-hmm. Um, like, because that's. I mean, that's that's more of like a logistical question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in mom and pop places, it, it it's yeah. that way. But if you go to a mall or like a big oh, department yeah, okay. store, of course, there's a lot of turnover, and yeah. you don't see the same faces all the time. Mm-hmm. However, one place that um, is a western i believe it's a western from new york it's uh the city bakery okay. um they're here in Nometa and uh i noticed the same workers are there yeah. for a long time oh, great. so you know i mean obviously they they're they seem happy there yeah. you know like they're friendly and stuff and cool. that makes a big difference like i think minimum wage in happy, japan yeah. is, is fairly low in my opinion uh, okay. in our local area it starts around eight dollars an hour uh, for, for a bigger city um so i think a lot of japanese companies take advantage of that tip it. I don't know if you've noticed on your trip out here, but you get a lot of employees working at shops here. Yeah. And that's because the minimum wage is so low that they can just afford to pay those people $8 right. an hour. So you get tons of people working here. I remember, I don't go back home very often, but when I do, I'm always shocked that like, like 15 of us wait 
needing help right now and there's like one person right i would say here the ratio feels almost like one employee to every five people or something like For that sure. you know? I, I did notice that I was, um so i think a great. western company coming in and if they're willing to pay more than that eight dollars an hour which yeah. I, I think they usually do mm-hmm. um i think you do get people a little more loyal to that and staying a bit longer yeah, yeah city bakery is a great example yeah. masa is the main guy i interact with there He's been there for the five years I've been here. Wow. I think he's just like a barista or something, but yeah. he's like a bit older too, like in his 30s. And I would think back home, I don't know if you're a barista, I might not be paying the bills in your 30s, but you do see older people here working at kind of service level jobs for a little bit longer for Western establishments. I think another thing is they don't want to wear the, uh, there's a lot of people that don't want to wear the uh, suit and tie and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, the fact that like a lot of these cafes allow them to wear like the plaid shirts and, you know, tattoos like be, well, have tattoos or, yeah, or, yeah, I mean, that'll attract like employees that want to stick with your company, right. you know, and for be sure, a little sure. more loyal. If um, the, the partners you get in with, if they're really strict about like, oh no, tattoos or something, you know, I would try to like recommend, yeah. like be a little more open, you know, this is more like Portland style, this is, this you know, and, and yeah, and, um, because then you'll get people that are, that want to be working for you because they could make minimum wage anywhere else and right. have to cover up their tattoos, yeah, but yeah, why, yeah. why do that when you can work at a place that accepts that? Yeah, you absolutely. Know, that that's, one, yeah that's one of our, one of our cornerstones is like, um, just trying to make sure everyone feels like they're an individual and that they can express themselves without fear of uh, any sort of reprimand. Yeah, we're all, yeah, I mean, yeah. As long as everyone's happy, all the customers are happy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, we're yeah we're we totally embrace people's everything. Monk out in Kyoto, where I just was, our waiter that night was uh, a Japanese guy, but he just come back from New, New Zealand after living here for 10 years. Oh, wow. And he had full sleeves and piercings, and he mentioned, like, he's a very, very knowledgeable guy. He's already opened his own place, you know, he's been just kind of training there. And he mentioned, like, yeah, part of the reason he worked there, fluent in English and Japanese, you know, he worked in restaurants in New Zealand, but because of, like, his tattoos and stuff, they were accepting of that. And most places to that high level, mm-hmm. again, this is a very well-regarded place, you know, in Japan would allow that. And Kyoto, Kyoto's very traditional, old-fashioned city. Wow, okay. And he, he kind of actually mentioned that you know, one reason why this place is cool is that they didn't judge him on that. Yeah. So I think you guys would have that going for you, you know? Okay. Yeah. For sure. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, well. That's really good insight. I, I think um, right here, we'll, we better start calling yeah, yeah, it quits. Yeah. It's get, starting to get a little bit late, but um, uh, thank you for coming on. Before yeah. you go, you know, like any any last impressions about Japan or anything else that you that you saw? Yeah, like, what did really you expect amazing. before you came here? What's been like the biggest difference or weird um, thing or something you didn't expect, I guess? I didn't expect, and I want to, and I want to, I don't know, it's, I'm just, just, I'm just one person and I can't turn around, but I was, I was surprised by the, um, lack of eye contact, like, like, uh, walking down the street, um, you see, you, you catch eyes with someone, you smile and give a bow, that's uh, what I try to do, and, yeah. uh, but it's usually just the eyes quickly dart away, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that is something that's, you know, heavily different than the northwest mm. everybody say hi to everyone like give everyone like a smile yeah. even, even when you're not feeling like doing it you can you know you're not expected to do it but it's it's a nice thing to do yeah and a lot of places in the u.s i think are like that and i i would hope to bring some of that to to the to the culture and the restaurant for sure just being mm. like you know. and i think it's different in restaurants people are super friendly and super nice but yeah i just think that 
in the street? In the street, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in the, in the city life, if you go to the country, people mm-hmm. will stare at you straight. Oh, yeah. stare. <laughs> like, like I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen a foreigner in years, yeah. you know? It's regional, too. Like, mm-hmm. so Osaka, where we are right now, is the most famous for... They would make the eye contact, you know? I've noticed that, actually. Yeah, um, but cool. Kyoto or Tokyo, stereotypes are... Yeah, more formal. They're not going to do that. This is considered rude, so they're, they're being polite, uh, you know, I see, I see. by doing it. Which ironic, because in our culture, it's rude to not make eye contact, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, like our jobs where we work, it's something I have to consider a lot. When I do have kids that are from an Asian background, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an English teacher, so I teach public speaking and things like that. Yeah, wow. And yeah, you have to be very conscious of. All right, this is a big cultural difference for some people. Mm. It's yeah. complete opposite. Yeah. You look me in the eyes. You know, Just because they're not looking at you doesn't mean they're not paying attention, you know, right. which is some, one of those things that you don't, you don't know until you've been here for you know, a long, a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. It's kind of this damn if you do, damn if you don't thing, because I have certain coworkers that get annoyed and people are, are looking at them too much, you know, and they uh-huh. think, oh, it's because I'm different or I'm a foreigner. Or maybe I'm a little bit bigger than the average Japanese person, and that's why they're looking at me, you know? Uh-huh. But then there's people like me where that means a lot, like, to make the eye contact, and it's like a sign of connection with people, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like, oh, am I making them uncomfortable or, or something, you know? And it, that's, good to, that's good to consider. I hope I haven't made anyone too uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, sure, right. I probably have now. I'm sure that you're fine, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, I mean, mom, my mom, when she was here, mentioned that, that and I'm almost, it's good to hear it from you, because she said it, like, on her first or second day, but oh, you've just read this in Lonely Planet or something like, in Japan, they don't make eye contact. It's kind of like one of the known things, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought, well, is that really true, you know? And I kind of doubted my mom when she said that. But, you know, hearing it from you makes me then think, ah, it must be, you know? Yeah, and it's thing. not, it's not all the time, but it's most of the time. Mm-hmm. The thing that always gets me is holding a door open for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, in that's the States, you know, I hold the doors open. People always thank you, you know, they're always really happy about that. Here in Japan, it just makes people uncomfortable when you're, oh, you're holding the door for a yeah. But I know it does, and it's like one of those things I still do. I can't, I can't get it out. You know, it's just, just ingrained in my culture. Maybe it's selfish, you know? but it makes me feel good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like exactly. doing it. Yeah. yeah. And they they have the heaviest doors they in do. the world. They do, they country. do. That's a good observation. <laughs> yeah. uh, cast iron. Yeah, they yeah. are so heavy. Um, yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, maybe thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Once Fun. the restaurant opens up, you know, we'll yeah. give you a shout out or something. And That'd be kinda, great. I kind of advertise the place. And okay. I go out to Tokyo all the time. So oh, yeah, yeah. Like once a year at least. So if you, when your place opens up, we'll be out there. Yeah, what well, you've told us off mics got me excited. So yeah. I'd like to go. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's all still not 100% going to happen. So yeah, 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 I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll for sure. Sure keep you abreast of the situation that's right yeah i would love to have you out there yeah when you come back to japan hit us up you know i'll hit you up for sure yeah (laughs) we'll hang out again cool Cool, a different place in the lockup we'll go uh, some quiet place (laughs) we were at a more local quiet place before yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh, we should have recorded it was too too quiet to record (laughs) yeah Um, it's true so we do social media we're on everything you can imagine minus snapchat yeah instagram facebook Twitter, Japan 2.0, spell out point. That's right. always the most important part. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, Song of the show. So Chad went to one of my favorite venues in the world called Universe in Osaka. I've talked about it a little bit before. It's in the basement of this old renovated hotel. It's called the Misano Building. The first floor has, um, like, a traditional, like, a theater performance, and you get, like, a kaiseki meal. Still never done it. It's on my big bucket list to do. The top floor of that building has a bunch of theme-based bars, kind of like what we're in right now, um, but there's a bunch of them side-by-side, side, and you kind of just judge them based on the doorknob that you're getting. 
And then the basement is, in my opinion, one of the coolest clubs. Uh, there's planets, very psychedelic. And I'm really impressed by Chad that, you know, on his 14-day trip that he managed to go there because it took me years to find the place. Um, who did you see there? What did you think about it? Uh, it was an incredible show. Uh, the artist's name is uh, Ichiko Aoba. Singer yeah. we've, we've never heard of her, so... Yeah, she's great. Female singer-songwriter. I'm not going to be able to pronounce uh, yes. the, na- the name of the song, but um, yeah, um, she has uh, a number of albums out. She's got about four albums, it looks mm-hmm. like. Uh, some of them are live albums, um, but she is wonderful. Anything you listen to by her, you'll love. She's, she's, she has the voice of an angel, and she can play the guitar like a master. Yeah, you're saying the show had like pillows and oh, yeah, you're waiting sit- for every word on bated breath. And- yeah, we just it was a sit down, like sit down on pillows on the floor show, which I've never experienced, and that was it was wonderful. It was just like I was transported, literally transported in my brain. That's one of those things where you come to Japan and something always surprises you. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad I'm glad you've been enjoying your trip, oh, and I'm glad great. you got to come and talk with us. Yeah, I really appreciate likewise, it. Thanks again yeah. for having us. Amazing. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, this is Japan 2.0, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Peace. Ah!
You're mad at this is your job, but like, this is a Monday night, right? Lasered by a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Policewoman saving us, so yeah. we're alright now. Yeah. Oh, they might have got her actually. Ah! Okay. Get, get him! Get him! Get him! Get him. Get him. Oh no, it wasn't good enough. Ah! This may be the last episode. Ah! 